Welcome to the Shovel Pass, the NFL podcast for those that need that extra hour of football talk to get them over the hump and through the week. I'm Nick Sawyer, and I'm joined weekly by a few of my closest friends, Will Sawyer, Phil Heim, and Chris Heim, as we discuss all things NFL football from the games of the week, surprises, predictions, high performers, not-so-high performers, and anything else that stands out. Thank you for checking us out, and please subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. We sincerely appreciate it. Guys, how are you? Not bad. How's it going, fellas? Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. This is The Shovel Pass. I'm Nick Sawyer. I'm sitting here with Phil Heim and Will Sawyer, and we're without the other Heim. Chris is... Uh, my clone, my duplicate. Yeah, is otherwise otherwise engaged. So, uh, um, yeah, it's just the three of us today. All right. The regular season is over. We It has come to a conclusion um, I don't have our predictions in front of me from the beginning of the season, but I, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I think as a, as a group, we did pretty well in, in our predictions. I feel like a lot of those were, were not too far off. So I kind of want to go back. Maybe we'll do this in another episode at some point. Maybe we'll do it off season or whatever. We'll do a little season look back and, uh, chat about those if I can dig those out. But, uh, Yeah. <laughs> It, it was a bit um, funny because we made a bunch of predictions that six weeks into the season, we were going, oh, no, we are so far off. Oh, yeah. the Chiefs are just terrible. The Raiders are running rampant. Like, what is going on? And then and then the Broncos. The season worked its way around. And at the end yeah. of the season, we, we seem like we're intelligent. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel like there's that many surprises, right? Like, the surprises are not... The, the biggest surprise, I think, if you're looking at the divisions, is the AFC North. And just yes. that our predictions there were not very good. We no. all thought Pittsburgh would be dead last. No, actually, we all thought Pittsburgh would be pretty darn good. So I guess they Well, I thought they'd be fourth, yeah. They did kind of make that come true, but we all had Baltimore and Cleveland ahead of them. Yeah, I, I like, thought we didn't I think thought, ter- they'd be terrible, but we all thought Baltimore and Cleveland were going to run away with it, and Baltimore and Cleveland turned out to be the two duds. Yeah, Cincy definitely was a, a really great surprise this season. They were really fun to watch. I think a lot of the way the ways that they kind of closed the, the season out was really strong too. Um, but yeah, the, talk about like a, a really great slate of games to kind of end the season with in general too. Like the NFL really has done a great job of scheduling uh, not only just like divisional matchups at this late stage of the season, but also like. Week 18 is going to have extra juicy matchups too, as well. So, and I just want to, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the Colts, <laughs> the most embarrassing <laughs> regular season loss of all right. time. It's it's just funny because, like, when you put it in perspective, I just want to, like, for the audience, let, like, just remind you how many playoff teams they beat, like, during that seven game rip. They beat the Bills, they beat the Patriots, they beat the Cardinals, they beat all these teams, and then lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who were at the time, what, 2 and 15? Right, and a week ago, a week ago, I was waxing poetic. We all were. We were all waxing poetic. What's that, Will? I said, with the Jacksonville Jaguars fans showing up in full clown garb, and their team goes out and beats the Colts. (laughs) Right. And a week ago, all, all four of us were waxing poetic about how the Colts looked like 
a dangerous team to go deep into yeah. the playoffs and make a run at it because they were built for the playoffs with a strong running game. And Carson Wentz was, you know, playing well enough and could make elite throws. Like I, I, I was saying that last week, like they, you know, they've got a good defense. They really did look like a dangerous team. One of those teams that that's going to sneak in and, and be the, the scary team that nobody wants to play. And yeah. And then they just, you know, uh, wow. I, yeah, choked. That was such a flat, like underwhelming disappointment of a finale. And it's I didn't watch the game because I was too busy watching, you know, proper football, not watching the Champions yeah, League. <laughs> I watched the highlights, and the highlights really did a great job of conveying like how much Indy did to kind of like not earn a playoff spot. And it's yeah. I feel I feel bad because <laughs> um, my girlfriend's father is a huge Colts fan, and I took a lot of uh, pride in. Sending her great chirps to send her father. <laughs> so, <laughs> endearing uh, yourself to the family. I mean, my siblings go out to him, but also not to the rest of the Colts fans. Like, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think yeah, this is uh, that's yeah. terrible. That's terrible. But I don't care that much. Sorry, Colts <laughs> fans. Yeah. I did anybody? Did any one of us call it earlier in the season that they were going to miss the playoffs? Uh my brother might have. And I don't mean early season predictions, like or before the season. I just feel like at some point mid season, you know, we may have had that conversation. Somebody was it like, might have yeah, been me talking about not trusting Carson Wentz, which looks like yeah. I was right. So I think a few of us came to that conclusion yeah. that like Carson Wentz is not the guy, and I don't believe in the Colts because they were really mediocre through the, the, the yeah. you know, first, second, third of the season there. It's, that's what this really shows me. It's funny how like there's so much week to week volatility in the NFL. But the NFL does a great job of having that. This like 16 and 17 games is the perfect amount of time where that volatility stabilizes over that season. So like, yeah, week to week you can have surprises. But over the course of a season, like you, like Bill Parcells said, it you are what your record says you are. You yeah. are who you are. The man in the mirror. So you right. know the Colts. We called it early on before they went on an awesome seven game tear that they were kind right. of you know yeah they had a great running game sure but Carson Wentz is still your quarterback. So, like, and then over the course, I like that really felt though. like that. That that was yeah. the story of the Colts was that hey, yeah. they got a great run game, but Carson Wentz is still your quarterback. I don't and, like the Vikings. And we sort of forgot that for the second half of the season because Jonathan Taylor is playing above their weight, but, but they're like the Vikings. Ultimately, yeah, yeah, came back. Like you're good, but your quarterback's still Kirk Cousins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And yeah, Kirk Cousins threw all of what five picks this season, and nobody cared because it's like, congrats, yeah. you're Kirk Cousins. Do that on prime time. Right. <laughs> the- so the one thing I will say, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Niners a little bit here, is that I, I I will say that I'm surprised at the amount of um the amount of times that I heard, or kind of the groundswell that I heard from Niners fandom that Trey Lance should be starting in those last two games when Jimmy was nursing his thumb and he may be out and that kind of thing. Um, and, and throughout the season for that matter, like there was a lot of people saying Garoppolo needs to go. Why aren't they starting Trey Lance? Which really surprised me because at the end of the day, listen, I, I get as frustrated as anybody with Garoppolo sometimes. And he does have this knack for making soul crushing mistakes at soul crushing times in the game and really making you feel like he cost you the game. But 
his stats are actually pretty good. He's he's very Kirk Cousins-esque in that respect that like for the most part he's an efficient quarterback. He's not the most accurate. He doesn't have the biggest arm. Like that's I think that's the problem that a lot of people have with him is he doesn't have a wow factor. He's yeah. never making throws that make well, you he go, is wow, look at that. Handsome. There is a wow factor there. <laughs> he what? He is spectacularly handsome. There's a bit of a wow factor. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy there. GQ, right? Yeah. Exactly. But I just feel like it was surprising because Trey Lance is such an unknown quantity. And he didn't play football last year. He's drafted out of a small school. Like, his experience is very low. The yeah. coaches are watching him in practice. Like, what makes you think that he's going to be better than a 10-year starter? Not, well, sorry, I shouldn't say 10. A five-year NFL starter in Jimmy Garoppolo. But he's got, you know, he's over 30. He's been in the league for, um, you know, pushing 10 years now. Like, I, I just well, didn't see it. Tell he, you. There's no way he could he could be better at running the offense or or better at reading the defenses. Or, you know, he makes some really spectacular off-schedule um kind of improv plays and throwing on the move. And he does things that Garoppolo cannot do, but as a whole package, I just didn't see it. I couldn't see how he would be a better option, you know, when we're pushing for the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll tell you um, in, in the first quarter of the game against the Rams, uh, I felt like they should have been starting Trey Lance and, and not because I don't believe Jimmy's a better quarterback when he's there. Um, my issue was it looked like his thumb was a real problem. And it looked like he was going to He hardly the threw away. the ball that first quarter. Uh, he threw poorly. <laughs> but and, didn't he throw and, like two passes? Like I, I didn't even think they really got a chance to throw the ball. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember, but like his his first five passes looked terrible. Yeah, yeah, in that's that true. game, and that's and he threw an interception early, yeah. and he almost threw another interception. I, I think yeah. there was an interception and an almost interception. The first five throws of the game, and I was looking at it, going like, his hand is just not healthy enough to be in this game, um, regardless of what his experience is or what his talent is. He's just hurt. Um, kind of the way we felt in the in the midseason with Russell Wilson, where it's like it's not right. that he's bad; it's just he shouldn't be on the field. Right. Um, and then somehow he figured it out. I don't know if they like figured out their taping job on his thumb, and it just felt a little better moving forward. Um, but yeah, I, he looked like he was throwing it fine for the last three quarters of the game. I mean, he made mistakes, and his accuracy wasn't perfect, it, which is very Jimmy esque. But he got better. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, all right. Okay, let's. Uh, where do you want to start? Maybe uh, awards section. I think so. I think it's a nice time to reflect and see kind of who's earned what this season. I think it's good to kind of uh, break. I don't. I don't want to jump into like who's the air player, ground player, that nonsense FedEx stuff, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I yeah, don't even know what that means. That's silly. <laughs> yeah, it's silly, but uh, let's just go Opoi Depoi to start yeah. off with. Uh, who's, right. Yeah, my pick's pretty straightforward. I think for me, it's a slam dunk. Jamar Chase for Opoi. I don't think anyone else has done what he's done as a receiver in quite some time. And I know Opoi the best or, or for Opoi, Jamar Chase. Oroy, Oroy. 
Oh, yeah, like, oh, rookie oh, of the oh, year, rookie of the year, oh, yeah, okay. oh, offensive oh, rookie so, of the year. Yeah, the acronyms. I can't get. Yeah, the always the too many always. But for Oroy, definitely Jamar Chase. Um, I think the past decade we've been we've been really fortunate to see a lot of great rookie seasons. I know Keenan Allen had a great one, twenty thirteen, immediately surpassed by you know the Austin twenty fourteen class, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but Jamar Chase really did some awesome stuff this year. Fourteen hundred plus yards, thirteen touchdowns. Uh, you know, and also like taking over games. That Kansas yeah. City game really taking it over, really kind of becoming a top three, maybe top five receiver in the NFL, really kind of making his mark. So I think he for O'Roy uh, runaway uh, slam dunk. Same like the over like the the D-Roy Micah Parsons, who you could argue has been playing at a deep point level for most of the season. So I think yeah. both of those guys are are pretty clear candidates, and I think I don't really think it's a, it's a there, there's a close second. So I agree with everything you just said. Honestly, I think uh, just to echo what you said, Jamar Chase did something this year that you don't see receivers do very often, period. Any any receivers, let alone a rookie. Um, to catch that many yards and that many touchdowns. I mean, aside from the fact that Cooper Cup had an astronomical, you know, he was, you know, their, you know lift off into space kind of year. Uh, Jamar Chase had, uh, you know, a year that receivers don't don't have very often. Uh, I saw some of me wonders whether that's just the new NFL. And I think, uh, you know, we're seeing guys throw for 5,000 yards, you know, fairly regularly now. And receivers are catching a whole lot more passes and a whole lot more yards and yeah. and that kind of thing. But but to go over 10 touchdowns, to go over 1,400 yards, and to go over uh, 80 receptions, that's that's a really impressive year period, let alone for a rookie. So, yeah, I agree with you there. D-Roy, yeah, Absolutely. Michael looks like a seasoned vet, you know, looking like uh, he can do anything. And uh, so, yeah, I don't have a lot to say on that. Will, come on, weigh in on Micah. Wax poetic uh, a little bit on your uh, your Cowboys. Yeah. Well, okay, so it, it, here's the thing. Um, I, I would be surprised if he gets defensive player of the year. Um, I, I think he's got the rookie of the year in the bag. I don't think there's any, any even – conversation right. to be had yeah. about that one i can't even um, name the guy who's been nearly as impactful i can't even think of one like, <laughs> no one i mean players, like you... the other guys are like patrick Sertan and stuff like this where it's like right he was a very good rookie um he was not affecting games the way micah parsons it wasn't was. an all pro <laughs> yeah yeah it's like oh he started pro. most of the games or he started every game like he's a really good rookie yeah, he was a very you know, efficient guy on the field. Yeah. Like this is this is something to be you know like he was okay, a, one of the better talk. corners in the league. That's, that's cool. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, Micah has just been in a league of his own and and genuinely deserves uh, heavy conversation for defensive player of the year. I understand it, you know, uh, especially the last decade. I think there's only two non-pass rushers that have won defensive player of the year. It was uh, Luke Keekley and, uh, and Stefan Gilmore. Those are the only two in the last 10 years that haven't been pass rushers. And the fact that TJ had a year that none of those pass rushers have had. So th- that right there kind of puts him as the front runner. Uh, and, and if he gets it, he would absolutely deserve it. Um, my argument against him and, and for Micah is just all of the other things that Micah does. So Micah's pass rush 
efficiency. When he's been asked to rush the passer, he has been more efficient than anyone else in the league. Hands down. He's got fewer pass rushes than any of the other guys that are up there at the top of the list. Um, And then there's all of the other things that he does. So he's matching Aaron Donald for total number of tackles. He's also involved in the pass game. He's, He's involved in so many more phases of the Dallas defense than TJ is. So that would be my argument for Micah. I understand just on the face of it, he's kind of on the outside looking in. One, because he's a rookie and he is going to get that award. And two, because it's become a very pass rush centric uh, award. And TJ had a, you know, kind of generational year this year so well that's a that's a great that's point really and it's yeah and, and i'm right there with you actually it's a great springboard to the whole uh depoy opoy talk and i'm with you there i think tj is the defense player of the year to me it's it, i think it's quite clear i think the fact that he had that big an impact had 21 and a half sacks in uh in, in only 15 games played like that's not nothing you know like that guy really kind of tore it up and he took games over uh and he kind of especially down the stretch too like when he kind of willed the Steelers with the playoffs, especially against the Browns, took that game right over. Like, I think you can't overlook the impact that he had as far as dragging the carcass that is Ben Rosberger's career into the playoffs one final time. I think that's worthy of a D-Roy. Sorry, D-Poy. Darn it. <laughs> Acronyms. <laughs> D-Poy. D-Poy. And then, beyond him, I think my O-Poys, just as like the other guys, cut and dry, Cooper Cup. We haven't had a triple crown winner at receiver since Steve Smith did it in 2000. I want to say it was three. 2003 or five, one of those years, one of those non-Super Bowl years for the Panthers. But um, he's no one's no one at receiver has done quite what he's done uh, since then. The past 16 years in the NFL, to me, that's pretty impressive. Like we've had guys lead the league in catches and touchdowns at the same time, yards and touchdowns, but never all three at once, and not for a while. So the fact that he's managed to do that, I think, with with Matt Stafford and uh, all the turnover they had on offense, there is pretty impressive. Yeah, we're. I'm gonna. This is gonna be a boring one as well because I'm gonna agree with you. It's um, shout out to uh, Cooper Cup. I think sometimes he doesn't get the uh, respect that he deserves. Uh, I hear far too many people saying, "Yeah, well, he's a slot receiver, so so much." You got to discount something. You know, he's not as he's not a top five receiver in the league because he's he plays out of the slot. The guy plays everywhere, and they've got a really creative way. You know, they. they scheme him open really well, which is something that's happening all over the league. It's not just line up and beat your man. And that shouldn't be the criteria for best receiver in the league. So, yeah, he's done something that we haven't seen in a very long time. And it's spectacular. And I think he completely deserves offensive player of the year. So I'm with you, Phil. There you go. Yeah, man, like, I, I don't care where you line up on the field. What's your impact on the game? And when you look at how many first downs he has, how many big catches he has, how many touchdowns he has, like this is the impact on the game. It has nothing to do with where you line up. Yeah, and it's not just about he has this production. (laughs) It's not just your man up press coverage. Can you beat the guy and run past him? Like to me, that doesn't make you a better receiver. He's running every route from all over the field. He's going deep. He's going short. He's getting yak. He makes great catches. His his IQ exactly. is off the chart. Like, uh, sorry that that's all part of being uh, one of the best receivers in the league. So absolutely, 
All right, uh, MVP. Here's this is where it gets a little bit juicy. Well, oh, oh sorry, Depoy. I will say I'm going to make a little bit of an argument here on Depoy. Yeah, TJ Watt does uh, does a lot of spectacular things and makes a lot of splashy plays, but I do think if you dig into it a little bit, that Aaron Donald needs mentioning here. I know he's he's won it several years in a row. What four out of the last five years, or three out of the last four years? Yeah, three of the last four. Three of the last yeah. four years. So there's this um, may, maybe there's this feeling that well you got to let somebody else have a turn, but why? I mean the guy is still dominant. His impact on the game is still there. He makes lots of tackles. He stops the run. He he's a game changer. You know every team that plays them schemes around him and and how to how to deal with him. He's double teamed constantly. Um, and he still managed to, manages to be one of the most impactful defensive linemen in the league. So, uh, you know, I don't think it's a slam dunk. I will say, and, and, that and that's it. If, if you look at what their defense looks like with him on the field compared to what their defense looks like with him off the field, I'm not sure there's a single defender in the league that loses more by losing one player. Yeah. Yeah. And the Rams, too. Like, and Donald still has that unbelievable bully factor where like i can't believe because he's not he's he's yeah. less than i don't think he's even 300 pounds like he's 290 pounds. like he's solid muscle but like i don't know if i'm an offensive lineman that like someone would make me lose sleep quite like him because not only is he fast to me but he will just straight up forklift me yeah. with one hand as he's being double teamed by my buddy too like he he's not even that tall no but he but he gets leverage right he's just right. he's a ball yeah. of muscle and power i think he's like six foot two yeah he's i want to say so he's, he's the same height he's the same height as cooper cup yeah, he's got yeah. about 100 pounds on him, but yeah. he's same, he's same height. Less, I think he's honestly six foot. I think he's less than that. I think six, he's six foot. foot. Yeah, six, yeah, so okay, so six, six foot 290. I mean, that, but he really that's does a load. Put, yeah. He puts the, he puts a, a, like, he bullies people. So it's really fun watching him kind of like get an offense lineman's head. Yeah, it is. And that does play. He's the strongest guy on the field. Absolutely. It's uncanny. He plays. He's the strongest guy on the field. It's uncanny. He doesn't look like it. He, he's unassuming. If oh, that's, I don't if, know. If that's that. possible. He's pretty assuming. <laughs> I look at him like, yeah, you could probably bench four of me. But but he's unassuming in the sense that when he lines up across the line, he doesn't look bigger than the offensive lineman that he's going right. up against. Like but if, he, he if he lines two, up across from, he takes two three hundred pound O linemen and pushes them both back into the quarterback. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's raw. But you can't like. But again, as an offensive lineman, like, how can you anchor that bull rush? You cannot. Like that's such a it's such a like, massive. I, I want to see him on the hammer strength. Like chest press, you he's, know, single arm chest press, just just punching, punching three hundred pounds in each hand. Man, I, you know, yeah, <laughs> a couple three hundred pound dumbbells, just just you know, explosively <laughs> shadow <laughs> boxing. Yeah, Aaron Donald for MVP. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So MVP. Let's let's have a quick discussion about this. Let's not just spend too long. I want to get into the picks, the the playoff picks, but um, MVP. I, I okay. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna say as much as I'm I'm not a, f- a fan of his, and I have plenty um, of of reservations uh, against him as as a person and perhaps uh, his personality and how he deals with the media and whatever. Aaron Rodgers is uh, it, it pains me to say <laughs> on the field. I think he's the MVP. I think he is. I think he's the most shoulders, Yeah, head and shoulders above, above every other quarterback in the league right now. 
Uh, I don't know about that head and shoulders part. I don't think that's the MVP <laughs> part at all. I think it's definitely a clear-cut Tom Brady as your MVP. Here's the thing. The, the narrative change, and it's tough. You can't really over... It's, it, in, in fairness, like it is tough to overcome this. Like You can't really get shut out in MVP season. That's tough to happen against the the uh, the Saints. But that said, like Tom Brady's got to overcome a whole a rash of injuries, a slew of kind of decimations to the roster, not to mention Antonio Brown relapsing into being crazy again. So, like, there's a lot of stuff where it's like Tom Brady has, has had less to work with than before. He doesn't have nearly the running game uh, that they have in, in Green Bay. Frankly, neither, not nearly the defense either. The defense for Tampa this year has been ballyhooed and kind of overblown, but underachieved, I think, overall. The secondary at least has thus far. Uh, so, overall, the defense, not quite as good. But I think Tommy has had to do – he's had to be more of the offense. Like, Aaron Rodgers has a lower – like, a, has thrown for, what, 4,100 yards? Like, not nearly as many yards as Tommy, but he didn't have to didn't have to run the passing game as much as they had to do in Tampa Bay to move the offense. He was the offense. And without that, they don't win 13 games. You know, like you could have plugged Jordan Love behind that that Packers team. I don't know if they win 13 games. They probably win 10 games. You put Jordan Love behind the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are third in the division. Yeah. So, so I, I don't know right, how current so. this is, but the, the, the betting odds um, that I'm looking at have Aaron Rodgers – at minus 400 next closest is tom brady at plus 400 and then cooper cup at plus 2000 so wow. uh it, it, it's a big gap um and and i do think that more or less reflects what how i think people are going to vote i think aaron Rodgers is going to get it um would it be disappointed to see tom brady get it no honestly he's put together a very good season he has, and better actually than I thought. So I didn't realize he'd thrown for 5,300 yards. That's Yeah, career that is, high, by the way, at 44. Yeah, let's just say that's that. That's crazy. Not to mention NFL record yeah. too. Again, this guy was the offense. The Bucks are not in the playoffs without Tom Brady. You can argue the Packers make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers because that division is a dumpster fire. Two head coaches were fired. The Lions are still rebuilding. Matt taking uh, or Dan take a chunk out of your kneecap. Campbell is having them fighting, punching way above their weight class. But still, the Packers with Jordan Love would still be the number one seed, or not number one seed in the FC or the NFC, but number one in that division. If you remove Tom Brady from the Buccaneers, that is not a playoff team. You saw that before he came, and you will see that after he leaves. This is not a playoff team without Tom Brady. And this season, he had to be the offense for them to win thirteen games, the same as Aaron Rodgers Packers. And Aaron Rodgers had. A.J. Dillon, and what's his name, Aaron Jones in the backfield as well to throw to, not to mention Devontae Adams, who many say is the best receiver in football. I think that's a lot to work with. Come on now. Like, give it to Tommy. Give it to your 44-year-old workhorse who just beat Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs to win his Super Bowl. I think that's your MVP. Make it right. Super MVP, season MVP. There's you know what guy. I think? You know what I think, <laughs> Phil? You know what I think to settle this? They can name whoever they want MVP. Let's just you and me decide that when they play each other in the playoffs this year, whoever wins gets the MVP. I mean, when they play again, <laughs> when Tom Brady beats him again, yeah, 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 the line, yeah. Then we'll, yeah, and he wins a Super Bowl again, <laughs> I guess we'll have to admit that he will. He he'll settle for not being MVP. He'll just settle for being the greatest of all time. How about that? I think that. Yeah. Now, so the thing for me that stood out is just that Tom Brady threw twelve interceptions, okay, and, so and forty three touchdowns. Um, so he threw for a lot of yards. Aaron Rodgers threw for 37 touchdowns, so he's six less touchdowns, but he also threw for only seven. He only had seven interceptions. So I, I think for me it's just he, he doesn't throw interceptions. 
Like Aaron Rodgers makes spectacular throws every single game and doesn't throw interceptions. But the stat I think as well was, uh, I think an MVP needs to be someone who pushes the ball down the field. And Tom Brady, I think the advanced stats showed that he was first in the NFL in completions over 20 yards, also as far as pass rating on like deep and risky throws. And I think he was uh, above Aaron Rodgers actually overall in like uh, lowest turnover worthy plays. So the fact that he has more interceptions is because he threw the ball in more. And a lot of, a lot, honestly, a lot of his picks literally came from dropped and tips from his receiver's hands. I, I got to see if I can't find the stat, but he literally, <laughs> there right. was a stat. He's second in the league in, in lowest turnover worthy plays. Aaron Rodgers is third. So difference in turnovers is more on teammates letting him down. Tom Ray's MVP. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, and both the right. media who's All been right. following over Aaron Rodgers for a decade tell you he deserves right. so, yeah, MVP. And, and, and admittedly, I'm playing devil's advocate a little bit here, but I, I honestly think I, I don't have a, honestly, I don't have a real opinion. I, it's not that I want Aaron Rodgers to win. I just think he's probably going to get it. And, yeah. you know, I, as objectively as I can be and, you know, watching him play. Yeah. So, all right, let's let's move on. All right, what's our schedule look like this weekend? All righty. So this weekend we've got – what do we got? Let me pull it up. Oh, real quick, real quick before we move on, okay? I don't want to take too much longer on this, but can we just talk about that Chargers-Raiders game for like oh, – let's, let's take three minutes and talk about it because when have we ever come down to the last game of the oh, season where if the two teams playing tied – they both get in the playoffs. And like, how crazy is that? But Friday never before that, but, yeah. but even expanding the weekend, uh, the, the one o'clock slot had a game go to overtime that had playoff in implications. The four o'clock slot had a game that had playoff implications go to overtime and the primetime slot also went overtime, had significant playoff implications. Had the biggest playoff implications yeah. ever. I mean, so yeah, the the, the stories are, are, there's a plethora of, of stories here, and Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers are obviously one of them because they were not going to make the playoffs. No. They had no chance. And then Jacksonville beat the Colts somehow, and then all of a sudden he's sitting there going, we might make the playoffs as long as these teams don't tie we make the playoffs. The meme scenario that, and then they go to, to overtime, and it legit looks like they might tie. Like you, the guy, you know, they could take a knee here. Basaccio could take a knee and send them both to to the playoffs. And bye bye Ben Roethlisberger and his career. <laughs> he also, literally yeah. held his career in in his hands. <laughs> I think he made the right choice. Honestly, a you got to say you got to say fuck you to, to your divisional rival Chargers. Keep keep their asses yeah, on the couch in the playoffs. But yeah. also, b I think if you ask Raiders Nation if they'd rather play Patrick Mahomes opening weekend or Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. No offense to Joe Burrow in Cincinnati, who I think deserves some MVP love, but and some kind of you know comeback for the year love for sure. But yeah. I'd rather face him opening weekend than Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. One hundred percent, two-time defending AFC yeah. champions. One hundred percent. So I think for them, they made the right choice in trying to win. I'm just amazed that the the meme game, the meme scenario of ending a tie that we all hoped for, didn't it almost happen out of nowhere. But also, it's just man, like that. I think is the best regular season finale I can recall watching yeah. in my last twenty years. Let's say of watching the NFL. Like that was. I turned it off. They were up two scores. <laughs> I turned the game off. I was like, eh, it's not going to happen. This one's over. Okay, turn it off. And then I see you guys in our little our little chat group, like chats pinging my phone. 
Yeah. Like, oh my god, that, what happened? I got it. Oh, what happened? Nice. Something's happening. I got to turn it on again, and then it's it's you know two minutes left in the fourth, and they're they're tied. Justin Anyways, Herbert deserves so much crazy. credit for for leading so many fourth down, uh, driving so many fourth down conversions and stuff, and leading yeah. so many clutch drives to get back in that yeah. game. Having a nineteen play drive and to bring them back to tie it or to, and with regulation expiring, that's crazy. A so, nineteen play drive. The last thing I want, about this game I wanted to talk about because there's been a lot written about that timeout that um, uh, Staley took with 37 seconds left and whether or not it affected the outcome of the and why he would take that timeout and whether it affected the, the game and this and that. I, I honestly, I don't, I don't see why people were making such a big deal out of it. Like he took a timeout. I, I don't think it was particularly damaging. Um, yeah. Yeah, he didn't make them. I don't know. He he didn't keep the clock running or whatever. But he wanted to make so, sure he had the right personnel on the field. Yeah. I, so I mean, there's a couple different ways that that this has been looked at. Um, the the main kind of argument against that call is that the the Raiders had lined up. I think uh, on the previous two two downs um, out of shotgun and run a draw up the middle and was fairly lackluster in their in their attempt to really like break it um right and they they lined up on that down in the same formation and if they ran the same play and and it went the same way um it seemed like they were content to let it be a tie um but they were going to run the ball 100% 100% they were going to run the ball. That is not a question. Right. Um, by calling the timeout, all of a sudden, they came back. They came in a different formation. They were under center, and they ran a stretch play to the left side and gained over 10 yards. Uh, so there's people who are sitting there going, well, if they had just let the play happen, it probably would have been yeah. the same as the yeah, previous. I but I think that's way too much speculation. Yeah, it is. And they brought in the personnel to count, like to, to theoretically, specifically th- there's some the questioning on that because he only swapped out one player and, and it wasn't really a run stopper that he brought in. So it was like, is his story fully true? I don't know. But on the face of it, yeah, fair my thing is, my thing is it, from Staley's point of view, he has to call that play, assuming that the Raiders are going for the win. He can't take on yeah. faith that no. they're content for the tie. Oh, he it looks like that's like what they're doing. Back. Yeah. Okay. So that's like he called classic, the timeout. It feels like a classic Bill Belichick. Like I'm gonna lull them into a sense of no. uh, comfort, and then I'm gonna drive a nail into their coffin. Like, yeah. And and you just you can't give the other team opportunities. So he called the timeout to make sure he had the right people on the field. Everybody had their head right, and and they blew it. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. And they've been bad against the run all year. That's the other thing here too: is people sitting there going, "Oh, it would have been different if." No, honestly, the Chargers had a terrible run defense all season. That was their Achilles' heel. There's every possibility that if they ran the play they were planning before the timeout that they would have still gotten over 10 yards <laughs> and right. won the game. So yeah. I don't buy it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, do we want to talk about coaches or can we save that? I feel like we can save that for when we start hiring more coaches. 
Yeah, I mean, it feels like recency, like there's some recency to this and it might be worth a conversation. But I yeah. also think once we get into these picks, it's going to take us a little time. Yeah. So, um, ooh, that's tough. He's coached. Nah. All right, picks. Let's do it. Okay, what's the first game on the schedule for this weekend? Raiders-Bengals. So Raiders-Bengals. Yeah, this one I think is the one, like I said, that the Raiders fans hoped for. I think it's when they have the better chance of winning. That said, I still think Joey B wins this one. Joey B is a better quarterback than Derek Carr, as much as I stumped for Derek Carr. <laughs> Joey, Joe Burrow is not, um, you know, Phil. value has nothing to do with better. Values not necessarily has anything to do with better, right? So, but yeah, Joe Burrow, I think, just has way more to work with. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are red hot. I think they have a home playoff game against a team that just had a draining emotional win at home to get into the playoffs with the Raiders. We got to fact that in too. So let's just get, yeah. yeah, I think the, I think the Bengals win this one. Okay. I'm with you Bengals. They're more explosive. I think when it comes down to it, the Raiders have a great running back. The Bengals also have a great running back. The Bengals receivers and quarterback are way too explosive for the Raiders defense to stop. And Derek Carr can't keep up with them. Yep. Bengals. Will? Uh, I'm picking Bengals as well. Okay. I think they're hitting their stride at the right time. Um, Raiders are a feel-good story, and, and if they went through, I, I'd be happy for them. But I think since he's got it. Okay, what's the next one? Next one we got is Bill's Patriots, and I think the Patriots, without the refs interfering, and <laughs> the fact that we're actually going to have uh, Bill Belichick is not going to allow the sloppy football that we had the last four weeks of the season translate into the first round of the playoffs. There's not no way, no how. He's not going to have his return to the promise or to the postseason rather be kind of dampened by a, a whimper of a playoff game. I think he's going to try to pull out all the stops to stop Josh Allen. I think he's got enough tape. He's got he's played him enough in the past, you know, two months of the season to kind of get a better understanding how to stop the guy. Hopefully, Mac can get a rebound. But I'm personally thinking the Patriots. So <laughs> let's hope that's I'm happy come next week. Okay, I'm going to say Bills. Um, this is going to be a fun game to watch because you got, what, the number one and number two defenses in the league yeah. squaring off against each other. So it's I can't imagine it's going to be a very high-scoring game. Uh, the weather promises to be a challenge. Um, as much as Josh Allen in his short career has not been historically very good in cold weather, <laughs> which is really unfortunate considering he's the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. And built for cold weather. Yeah, um, I think the Bills get it done. I think I think Mac Jones, as good as he's been this season for a rookie, uh, I just think, for me, I'm putting my money on uh, Josh Allen. So... Maybe that's a simplistic way to see it, but the quarterback's better on the on the Bills side of the football. So, Will, I'm with you. Uh, I think I think Bills. Uh, I think Bills take it, um, but it's going to be a hell of a fight. I think it's one of the. I don't know. I think it's one of the best games coming this weekend, and uh, honestly, my pick is that who wins this game. Ends up in the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. really? Whoa! That's, that, that's my. Whoa. That's my oh, okay. <laughs> oh, wow. All right, I like it. I All like right, it. Will. I do not agree with that, but Thanks I like it. Patience, my I appreciate you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I I understand. I understand. But 
I, I think defense wins championships, and I, I think uh, yeah, fair enough. This game X factor in this game, coaching. First game came down to coaching decisions, and McDermott blew it. Second came at quarterback, <laughs> and the second game. The quarterback decided it, so we'll see. The, the, if it's close, watch out for those coaching decisions and game management at the very end of the game because Bill Belichick is has got that one, um, has got my vote there. Yeah. All right. The next one. So that's those are Saturday games. Yep. Everybody Saturday. remember, don't forget and look at your look at your watch at eleven o'clock on Saturday night and realize you missed the playoffs. Then we got Eagles Bucks <laughs> one p.m. Sunday, which right. I think. I mean, all of us, I think, kind of think that. I mean, the Eagles are, are doing good. They, I think they overachieved the season, but that you know, the the Bucks just have still too much firepower, even without with a diminished offense. So I think Tommy's going to go back, and he's got some revenge against the Eagles. I think in his heart after that Super Bowl loss a few years ago, so he wants to give it right back to the playoffs. I, I'm going to pick Bucks. <laughs> on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, Bucks. As as... Go ahead. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, sorry. I'm with you. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about it. I think the Bucks are a far superior team, and uh, as as cool as it's been to see the Eagles make it to the playoffs, um, and Jalen Hurts has played pretty well, and hopefully he gets a starting job next year. I don't even think it's close. I think the Bucks take this, even with their you know their receivers missing and half their team with COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm on the same page, ultimately. I mean, I think uh, I, I would love to see Philly make it past the first round, um, even as a Dallas fan, just because it would be fun to see a team overachieve like that. Um, having said that, yeah, I don't... Overachieve I don't and play the 49ers in the second round? Well, no. So the the seeding is, is funny um, this year. Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was suggesting that your, your Cowboys are going to lose to my Niners, but well, it doesn't, we'll it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they would end up playing. I know. Bay. I know. Yeah, I get it. All right. <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair enough. All right. Poor take on my part. So Philly, Tampa, there's, there, there's no argument there. All right. Then 4 30 PM on Sunday, San Francisco at Dallas. Well, Niners. I know, yeah, which way you guys are, which way, which are you guys are cheering for? <laughs> yeah, uh, so my argument for the 49ers, um, I think the 49ers' run game is going to go off. I think Garoppolo is going to be able to play within himself and not take too many chances and not give Trevin Diggs the opportunity to intercept sure (laughs) (laughs) and i think the um i honestly think the uh the niners defense is going to be uh going to be surprising for the uh the cowboys the cowboys offense has looked a little bit shaky over the last little while despite the fact that they dropped a 50 burger last weekend they've been shaky most of the season and dak has not been lighting the stadium on fire so uh, yeah, I think the uh, the Niners' pass rush is going to be key, and uh, put some pressure on Dak, and you know contain Zeke, which honestly hasn't been that difficult this year. And yeah, Niners. Will Zeke's actually had a surprisingly decent year um, 
if you look at his stats, he's actually done pretty well. And he's been dealing with some injuries mm-hmm. in the back half of the season, but seems like he's going to be as healthy as he's been all season uh, coming into this game. So there, there's some optimism there. Uh, but yeah, honestly, I think a lot of it comes down to the pace of play on the 49ers offense, Dallas defense side of the game, where if the 49ers get a little too far into the pass game, I think that's a high risk scenario for them. They need to keep to the run as much as possible. and use Jimmy reasonably sparingly. I'm not going to say that they don't want to use him, but uh, I don't think that they want or should rely heavily on pass game. I think that dramatically advantages uh, the Dallas Cowboys because their pass rush is phenomenal, and they have extremely opportunistic DBs that will tear Jimmy G apart if he starts throwing the ball a little too loosely. (laughs) So that's the side of the ball I'm looking at. Um, it's not to say like any given game, if Dallas puts it all together on offense, I think they're one of, if not the strongest offense in the league. It's yeah. just that they haven't put it often yeah. enough. So we'll see what happens on that side of the ball. I would love to see them go off, but uh, I think it's going to come down to the other side of the ball. Yeah. For who wins. Yeah, I don't disagree. Okay, Phil, break the tie. Uh, I'm sorry to break your heart there, Nikki, but I'm going to go Cowboys on this one. Um, I think <laughs> that, uh, to Will's point, uh, the <laughs> offense, in my opinion, is more balanced in Dallas. They can run the. They have two capable running backs in Dallas run the ball. Like Ezekiel, like had, he had barely over a thousand yards, but then again, he also had the lowest carries in his career. Tony Pollard was more than able to carry the load and add an element of the passing game. I think that was, I think, uh, you know, under underlooked starting into the season two. So I think Dallas um, has a much more balanced offense. The only area I think that, well, not the only, but the area I think where where uh, the Niners can make up a lot of ground is coaching. Obviously, I think I'd take Kyle Shanahan over <laughs> over Mike McCarthy, especially <laughs> when it comes to you know like late game decisions or kind of like you know uh, in, in in big spots that kind of stuff or time management. So I definitely trust the coaching factor in the Niners, but I think overall roster wise, talent wise, and, and balance on offense, I still trust the Cowboys. So I'm gonna go Cowboys. All right. Fine. I'll uh, I'll gloat a little bit next week. I don't get me wrong. I love this blast from the past. I'm so thankful that like a new generation of fans can grow up and kind of see, hopefully, recapture what it was like before I was born when you guys were kids. Because I'm an NFL geek and nerd, right? So I know the history behind it. But a lot of kids these days just know TikTok. They don't know that the Niners and Cowboys used to be relevant in the nineties. Yeah, man. It was funny. The I'm game. telling you, yeah, like so '92 to '96 was like. They were today Cowboys today, Niners today, every Patriots, year in the playoffs. <laughs> it was just it was vicious. The NFC Championship was, was the biggest game of the year. The Super Bowl was not the biggest game. The biggest game was yeah. the NFC Championship because that's where Dallas would get to see San Fran. <laughs> well, let's take it back. So let's let's do a little history lesson for uh, the the millennials and and you know people of your vintage there, Phil. So well, if you're it, a millennial and you yeah. would be alive for this. So okay. okay. <laughs> I guess I am. Right? <laughs> yes. Anyways, whatever. What are you then? Are you a millennial? Uh, like, I'm. I'm below. I'm like either Gen Z or like tail. I'm like a niche in between. Okay. All right. Anyways, whatever. People younger than I. 
So let's do a little history lesson. 92 to 96, like early 90s, NFL was much different than it is today. There was not the parity that there is today. There was um, The NFC was far superior to the AFC. There really wasn't uh, all that much mystery as to who would win the Super Bowl. It was coming out of the NFC. Whoever made it from the AFC would be happy to, happy to be there. There's a line for slaughter. But yeah, they would they would just walk into the stadium like, "Hey, we're happy to be here. Shake hands. Like, we're 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 honored to be able to play you guys, but we're gonna lose." So you had a lot of Super Bowls getting just you know teams getting killed in the Super Bowl, and uh, yeah, so every year you know for that you know five six year stretch, it was Niners Cowboys. Those were the two teams in the league. They were the two best teams in the league by far. There was no mystery. It was. Those two teams that were going to make it to the, the, the NFC Championship, and that was the biggest game of the year. And whoever survived that was going to win the Super Bowl. So uh, that's why that's why you got the count now. Admittedly, you got the Cowboys winning in what 90, 92, 93. Niners get it ninety four, and then the Cowboys got it back in ninety five. Right, the Super Bowl. So, yeah. All right. I digress. It's fantastic. I love to see this rivalry kind of revive It's going to be great. Yeah, it's just going to be epic either way. Um, I, I will be inconsolable if the Niners lose, though. So uh, get get you know be prepared for that next week. I'm sure Will won't won't I am. too hard. Isn't that right? No, Will's a much Will's a much better loser than I am. I'm I'm a pretty terrible. <laughs> I'm not a good loser. I I'm, I get bitter. Oh yeah, I, I pout. Yeah, I mope. My wife's not going to be happy with me if the Niners lose. I'm going to make this house miserable for a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My wife will be happy with that. Okay. So. The next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Okay. And then the last one. No. Uh, oh, we got a Monday night game this week, too. Okay. So two more games. Let's get through this. Pittsburgh at Kansas City. Oh, oh man. Even, even my brother. Yeah. <laughs> My bro might say otherwise, but even he realizes he's just happy to see Big Ben one more time. Even Big Ben said it. Big Ben said we're the 14th best team. He said it very tongue in cheek. I don't think Ben thinks they're gonna they're gonna win. Ben in uh, in his season finale or in the in Cleveland game threw for what was it 200 yards or whatever, but like the yard per attempt on like 50 completions or something stupid, like some crazy low yards per attempt. Like he can't right. the ball. He threw the ball 100 times for 200 yards. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to you're not going to beat Patrick Mahomes in Arrowhead dinking and dunking your way down the field. Like, you need to score touchdowns fast, and this offense cannot get that. Roethlisberger is going to do his best Pat Mahomes impression on the weekend. Well, yeah, good luck. (laughs) It's going to be no looking all over the place. Yeah, so I think I think Kansas I think Kansas wins this one pretty convincingly. Yeah, no uh, look, fifty yard bomb into the stands. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if he's got too many of those left in his arm. No, no, he can't even he can't even throw it away out of bounds anymore. Yeah. Okay, so KC, 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 right? Do we have to say anything 100%. else about that? Will, do you have any like major insights on this game? How is this going to go? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Not All right. Not not a mystery. <laughs> not compelling football. We can skip that one. And it's prime time Sunday. That's so funny. Uh, we got to flex that one out of there. Uh, no, they're not going to, though. This is going to be Big Ben's last hurrah. They're going to milk it for every sentimental tear that they can squeeze out of it. Maybe the 25th best quarterback of all time. Why does he deserve that? <laughs> He's beloved. By whom? Yinzers? <laughs> right? Who outside of Pittsburgh likes Big Ben if you're not a Steelers fan? I can't name any kid who's like, I've never found him particularly likable. No offense, Big no. Ben, but you're, no. you know, you're not the most likable of figures. Oh. All right. So, Anyways, okay. yeah. well, um, Monday night, Monday night playoff. 
Arizona at Los Angeles. Love this one. This this is going to be great. It'll be um, fun to watch for sure, but uh, I think the Rams are going to win this one, and I think it's going to be – the Rams are hotter. The Rams are a better team overall. We've seen it throughout the course of the season. The Cardinals the last, what was it, five, six weeks – have been streaker than my shorts. Like it's just crazy. Oh, gross. I can't trust this team right now. Like, I don't know week yeah. to week. I don't know who I'm gonna get the Cardinals. I don't know who I'm gonna get. So to me, I think that the better team uh, are the Rams. They're more consistent, better defense, a high production offense consistently. So I'm gonna go with the Rams over Cardinals. Yeah, I agree. As much as the Niners beat them last week, I think the Rams are actually playing better and they're 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 not. I don't know whether they're peaking right now, but they're 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 headed in the right direction into the playoffs, which is a good sign. Um, and they're playing better than they were through some of those middle parts of the season. The Cardinals have kind of gone the opposite direction. They were playing really good through the first half of the season, and they've steadily declined over the second half of the season. They will have uh, JJ back. JJ Watt, I think, is is going to be back for this game. If I read that correctly, yeah. so uh, game changer. Just saying, he's you know. He, he might have just enough left in the tank to uh, take over, do his best TJ impression. <laughs> um, no, but it would be cool to see uh, Aaron Donald and, and, and JJ do, do some things. Um, oh, yeah. The only two time, yeah. The only two, the rather only three time Depoy uh, winners. Yeah. Taylor. So that's a nice so, little side yeah. story. But yeah, I think I agree with you. I think the Rams take this one. I don't think the Cardinals have what it takes. I don't think they have the. Uh, the firepower to uh, to take out the Rams. So they the, the Cardinals don't feel like they're gritty right now. The no. Rams do, even though they lost to the 49ers, they feel like they've got that gritty kind of chip on their shoulder and in, the, in the way that they're playing, they're they're playing hard. Um, not to say the Cardinals aren't trying. I just it doesn't feel the same way coming out of them right now. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, my my pick is Rams as well, um, which has some interesting implications that are, are different uh, picks here because the lowest seeded team to go to the next round is the one that plays the team that had the bye. So uh, by, by picking Dallas, me and Phil are pushing the Rams to play the Packers in the second round. Whereas if your 49ers make it through the first round, we get the Packers. They go play the Packers next. I actually love that. I want to go play the Packers because we own the Packers. I think the Rams would own the Packers <laughs> in that rematch too. Honestly, yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm okay with that. The, the Niners have owned the Packers the last few years, so I'm, I'm happy to go and play them in Green Bay and break their hearts. That's, that's one play. You know, that's one thing Rogers can't say about the Niners is, is I own you. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Here's my jock strap, bud. Go, go, give it a wash. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, that that's cool. Well, we we agree too much, guys. I know. Doesn't have to all be too much. Like, there's no upsets here. We didn't we didn't pick any upsets. I'm sure come divisional round we'll have a few more uh, upsets and stuff. Especially when I mean, it comes I think, to yeah. Casey we're so and, sensible. And, and, uh, Cincinnati. If that's what I'm talking, <laughs> whatever that is. So. Yeah, I mean, is there any is there any game here that you feel like could be an upset? Like, if there's one game, pick. Let's do this. Pick one of these games, and Eagles Bucks. That could be the upset. All right, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, I yeah, I could see a world where the Eagles take out the Bucks. 
I could see it being up. a blow. I could see Tommy blowing them out. Yeah. I could also see them somehow because the Bucks are decimated. I can yeah. see them capitalizing, keeping the ball away from Tom Brady on offense, making it like a game of attrition. I can see them winning that way, but I can also see them getting blown out. So, yeah. yeah, that could be an interesting one. I honestly don't think Las Vegas and Cincinnati is is all that much of an upset if, if the Raiders win. And it's not an upset when the Patriots win because I'm, uh, I'm that's the thing. Anyway, so yeah, for for me the the five and four seed teams are so close on both conferences that neither one is really an upset. Um, and and then when you're talking about the other games, honestly, even looking at New England Buffalo, I, I don't know that I would consider New England winning an upset, even though they're the sixth seed. They feel like they're pretty evenly matched. They yeah. they split games. Well, this and year. they played the right. They played twice this year, and they split them. So that's where you kind of go. It doesn't matter what the seeding is; they're close. They've each beaten each other. Yeah. So, uh, what are the, so Rams, the only other Rams one Cardinals that series looks like this season? Who who won what? That went one and one. Yeah. Yeah, they split it. The Cardinals won the first one, I believe, right. uh, and then the Rams won the second one, or sixty nine. That who knows? <laughs> no, the Rams won the second one, but it wasn't it wasn't that close. Or sorry, it was that close. Like it was a pretty close game. So. 30 to 23 in December. So, yeah, I don't know. The Cards beat them 37 to 20 in October. Yeah, back when they looked like uh, like world beaters when they were undefeated. Yeah, and the Rams were struggling. I mean, as long as as long as Stafford doesn't pull any pirouetting pick six moves, then uh, you know, I think they should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so. can I say can I say I was skeptical, but OBJ has actually looked like a missing piece. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he really does look like he's added something to that offense. Robert Woods was was good, but he's definitely like an upgrade over Robert Woods. Like, let's not get it twisted. OBJ has always been better than Robert Woods, so like it's. I think they're different players. I honestly think Robert Woods comes back. There's a place for him on the field. Like definitely a place. But OBJ, OBJ and Cup sure. and Robert Woods. Robert Woods running out of the slot. Like that's what he does. Running all those like sneaky little crossing routes yeah. and like uh doing some of that you know misdirection kind of routes it's i don't know i think that's where he's best and he's OBJ, not best yeah. running down the field whereas obj is best when he's running down the field yeah, he's, he's, he can really thrive as like a, a stretch the field kind of like big play guy that like deshaun jackson was supposed to be before he right. forced his way into las vegas so yeah. yeah speaking of which like what was he thinking yeah, come on. <laughs> what a knucklehead. Watch it be Raiders-Rams in Super Bowl now. <laughs> and what has he done, honestly? Yeah. It's not like he's gotten a whole lot more opportunity. I think he's gotten a few more balls his way. He, but... he drew a bunch of uh, pass interference calls against the Cowboys. All right. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he did more than on the field, us. right? Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, you were playing with Matthew Stafford. Like, not Derek Carr is no slouch, but come on. You're not going to get any better than where you were in LA. Anyways. Whack. All right. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. Okay, that's it, man. I don't have anything else. You guys have anything else? Any other gems you want to drop? No, I feel like I talked enough nonsense today. Yeah, all right. Cool. That was awesome. I'm calling the three seeds in the Super Bowl. The three seeds in the Super Bowl? Who's that? Dallas and Buffalo. 
Dallas and there you Buffalo. Go. Dallas and Buffalo. Come so on. You, you just ride the theme of '90s playoff rematches to this uh, offseason yeah. that you got there. <laughs> exactly. Cool. Dallas goes through San Francisco and beats Buffalo in the Super Bowl. It's it's. Or you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy to me that the Titans got a buy. Yeah. Yeah. The Titans. And by the time crazy. they play, they're they're gonna have uh, Henry back. But at that point, too, like I thought about this today, too, like the Titans on offense in the playoffs, like what is their identity? Because they're getting Julio Jones back. A.J. Brown's been integrated for a few weeks, but like you're getting Derrick Henry back, who was your guy, but you've won the entire season now without him. So how do you now balance this workload or rather like the offense when you have these pieces coming back? That's, I, that's I don't know. brilliant. You don't have Perfect. to run him 40 times a game. Which is what I said earlier before. Like, I thought that earlier too, but now I'm thinking more. I'm like, okay, but like the math problem in my head where it's like what happens with guys who are used to having touches be productive and now you're having to reintroduce guys who you don't know if you're at that producer at that level. I mean, yeah. I think Nobody so. cares I don't know. I mean, I think it's when you're yeah. winning. <laughs> yeah, I fair. think it's uh, – yeah. They're just – they've, good they've got have. a spoil of riches. It's – it's you don't have to run Derrick Henry forty times. Deontay Foreman's looked good, so you've got a, a nice two-headed monster there. Julio Jones, honestly, I mean, he hasn't been that spectacular this year, so it's good to have I him back. More on Ryan Tannehill, though, to be fair. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Tannehill's not throwing the ball all that much, which he shouldn't. That's not their identity. But it's going to be good to have him and AJ Brown back because you, now you have have to account for them, right? The defense has to has to play thinking that these guys can take the top off and, and you know, challenge them. So, yeah, look out. The Titans, they feel like an underdog, which is funny yeah. because they have a first-round bye. But I don't see them making it to the Super Bowl. It doesn't feel like, doesn't feel like they're a Super Bowl team. No, they feel like it, they feel like one of those divisional round, like, uh, what's it called, upsets that are waiting AFC. to happen. But- well, let's okay. Play. Let's do Super Bowl picks then, because we got to do this before the before the playoffs start. So, will you you go Bucks or you you said Cowboys Bills? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think okay. Bucks Bengals. Bucks Bengals. Mm-hmm. Bucks Bengals. Yep. We got young Tom Brady going against. Uh, how am I supposed Brady. to do that? I'm. Not, I'm a Niners fan, and I, I'm I, now I got to try and pick the nine. Everybody's just gonna laugh at me. I picked the Niners to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can't really not pick them, right? You can pick who you want. I didn't pick the Patriots. <laughs> no, I guess I guess not. I I just yeah. I objectively, I don't think the Niners have what it takes to to run the run the table and get to the Super Bowl. I honestly think. Ooh, how do I want to play this? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Rams, KC. That'd be a fun one too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know whether I'm rooting. I don't really. I'd love to see the Bengals, honestly, but I think KC is gonna turn it on at the right time, and Mahomes gonna play up to his uh, his paycheck. So yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. Thanks, guys. Awesome. It's been a slice. Let's uh, let's do this again next week and yeah, uh, happy watching. We'll do this again next week. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. See you, fellas. Take care. Take care.